pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. James Pledger, Jack Thompson, The Saturday Morning Hangover. Welcome into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star 941FM ESPNSA.com. I'm James Pledger. I'm joined by Jack Thompson. What's yeah, happening, yeah, yeah. my guy? Hey, just glad to be back in studio. Been a couple weeks. Ready it, to get back at it. It has between me going out to the draft and you with, you know. That was my homie's engagement exactly. party last weekend. That's that's pretty dope. So finally back in the saddle. Lots to get into since we last spoke. We have the draft because I want to get your thoughts on what happened, what you thought, how things are shaking out. The NFL schedule is now out. Rookies mm-hmm. have reported to rookie mini camps. So we've got so much going on in the NFL because the NFL is, of course, a 24-7 type business, but it's also the NBA playoffs. We are into the conference finals almost. There is one series yet to be determined. It is the team of the Saturday morning hangover. The Boston Celtics stuck in a game seven with the Philadelphia 76ers back in Boston. And most importantly... My guy, getting some shine on TV. What's <laughs> going on? Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> they told me honestly. They told me it's kind of hush hush because everything hasn't been announced yet. So I don't know oh. if I should really talk about it. Oh, well. We but can, I do. We can I, talk in vagaries yeah, about it. I did a little little, little commercial, commercial type thing. Yeah. But I don't think I can really go into the the details behind it. Not the details, but they they wanted somebody that was. A hooper. Yeah, but right? it had literally nothing to do with like basketball. being a basketball player. I think anyone could have done it. Really? Yeah. Because from what I understand, yeah. it was they were looking for somebody who was They were just looking for a, someone younger. A basketball that, player. Yeah. But I didn't I just sat there like I was on an exam table. <laughs> like that's had nothing to do with mobility or anything. <laughs> Well, once the details come out, I can't wait to start looking for this thing. But this is fantastic. I love this weather so much. I like it if I have nothing to do and I'm just chilling. Well, A, I have nothing to do. Or I don't want to have anything to do. Let's put it that way. I've had a lot to do. So this weekend is perfect for the kind of wind down. But it's also great for the ramp up because at the end of the month, it is Memorial Weekend. Mm-hmm. And the greatest thing about Memorial Weekend is getting to float. Yes. The lakes and rivers have been very low as of late because it has been very dry. 
But this weather, filling it back up as hopefully we have a full flowing river for Memorial Weekend to let the debauchery take place. Yeah, I definitely (laughs) think it'll be full after this upcoming week. I think it's still supposed to rain like every day. I'm okay with that right now. Mm -hmm. If we're being honest, if it gets me to a full flowing weekend of fun in the sun, floating at a decent pace, because the horseshoe takes some time anyway. You take about an hour to float at most times. Mm -hmm. It's just when it slows down to the snail's pace of being a two-hour float, it becomes a bit much sometimes. But I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited be. because floating is a blast. Oh, yeah. You busy on Memorial Weekend? I don't know what my plans are, to be honest, now that I think about it. <laughs> <laughs> James Conner on our YouTube Live is not a hymns commercial, was it? <laughs> no. Oh, look. You can follow us in a multitude of ways. Of course, we are live on 94.1 FM. You can stream online at ESPNSA.com. You can watch us on Facebook, or excuse me, on YouTube Live. Just search San Antonio Sports Star. Subscribe, like, do all that fun stuff. We're right there. And, of course, you can get us on the Kielbasa Smoke Meets phone lines at 656-ESPN-656-3776. You can call or text those numbers. Let us know what's going on. I think we saw the end of an era last night, Jack. I agree. Now I was ready for that era to end. Oh, really? Yes. You had an issue with the Warriors dynasty. No, I think it's just time for a new team to be the face of the NBA. Okay. They had their run at it, and I think it's time for something else. You obviously didn't feel the same way about the Spurs. Well, no, of course not. (laughs) When it's your own team, you want it to last forever. (laughs) And I love Steph, and I've always loved Clay too, but it's just time. Warriors go down hard in game six. Oh, yeah. As LeBron had an answer every time the Warriors tried to chip into that lead. Like, Mm -hmm. LeBron went full-on this is about me mode. And we hadn't seen that LeBron in a while, but he dialed it up for game six last night. Yeah, he really did. He was, he was killing it. I mean, 30 points. You couldn't stop around the basket. He was hitting jumpers. AD with 20 rebounds. It was the Warriors really never had a shot the entire game, especially since no one helped Steph. And LeBron had all the help. Yeah, I mean, he got 23 from Austin Reeves. He got 17 and and 20 from Anthony Davis, which there's always a question about him. 13 from Lonnie Walker, former Spur. 19 from D'Angelo Russell. Like, mm-hmm. he got help up and down the lineup last yeah. night. Yeah, he did. My, I'm still very confused why Malik Beasley does not play for the Lakers. Malik Beasley... Jarrett Vanderbilt's minutes went away. Yeah, he did. He didn't bet, play at all last night. Rory Hachimura only had sixteen, mm-hmm. but there was a spark in those sixteen late in the yeah. game when he came in. I love Rory. He he's good. I've been a fan of him since he was the only player in college basketball to match up like one on one with Zion 
when Gonzaga took down Duke. Big time Rui fan. Do you believe in this Lakers team? I think they're a very good team, but for me, it's they're a bunch of good basketball players uh, that play a lot of ISO ball. Mm-hmm. And I thought that could have been their downfall in this series, but the Warriors just didn't have enough punch to take them down. But if they, if they run into the Nuggets, which are a complete team that's been playing together with the same squad for several years now, I think their team basketball and obviously Joker is just they're just I think the Nuggets will will take that for sure. Got a lot to get into this morning. I want to break down the NFL schedule release, how the Cowboys and Texans schedule set up for each team. Mm-hmm. Of course, I want to go over your thoughts of the draft because you got to watch it completely differently from me and where where you feel different teams kind of succeeded in the draft and what you're yeah. most excited for coming into this upcoming NFL season because I think there's a lot to be excited for for a bunch of teams after this year's draft. Like I felt bunch of teams did extremely well that lead you to like oh okay i i think i want to keep tabs on that team this year or especially in our parlance when it comes to fantasy there's going to be some very viable options mm-hmm. coming out of the draft this upcoming season but first and foremost i want to get more into the into the warriors dynasty if this is the end of it which you seem to think it is Lakers, Nuggets, and of course, Game 7 tomorrow night, and Mm -hmm. who they'll be facing as playoff Jimmy has punched his ticket into the Eastern Conference Finals as an 8 seed, and the mad disrespect of Eric Spolstra that he's been getting. That's all coming up next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and ESPNSA.com. Listen to 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star on your Amazon or Google smart speaker and just say, Alexa, play ESPN Radio on San Antonio Sports Star. Welcome back into the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star. We are your hangover without the headache. He is Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. Thanks for tuning in with us this morning. NBA playoffs in full effect. As we look at things going around, of course, you can reach out. Tell us what you think on our YouTube live feed. Or you can call or text in on the Keel Boss's Smoke Meets phone lines at 656-ESPN. as 210-656-3776. Jack. We led into the last segment. You said you thought the Warriors dynasty is dead. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely time to probably break that up. I don't think I pay Draymond what he's going to want to be paid. You've got a couple really bad contracts on that on that mm-hmm. team. Jordan Poole, Wiggins, and you could argue, honestly, Clay is probably pretty overpaid now at this point in his career. So, yeah, I mean, it's probably time to to blow it up a little bit and start rebuilding because, I mean, Steph's 35, Clay's right there with him, Draymond's old. It's, yeah, it's 
It's probably time to start looking towards the future for the Warriors. Steve Kerr after the game in which they lost. Extremely bad to the Lakers. 122-101 was asked how this team fared this year in comparison to expectations. To be fair, I think um, this team probably... You know, ultimately, um, maxed out. Um, I think, uh, you know, we were barely in the playoff picture for most of the year. So to, to make that push, to get there, uh, to win an epic first-round series, and then, you know, to give the Lakers, um, you know, a, a fight in this series and have our chances, um, that puts us in the top, among the top, you know, eight teams in the league. That's... Uh, that's probably where where we should be. Uh, this is not a championship team, you know. That's that if we were, we'd be moving on. Uh, so you can you can look at the year in 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 total and and see all the ups and downs, and there was all kinds of stuff that went on and and uh, adversity that that hit. But our group stayed together and and competed till the end and and made a pretty good run. Now you said this. This wasn't a championship team. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the same team they had last year, right? Yeah. I mean, for the most part, yeah, definitely. I mean, they even brought back at the trade deadline Gary Payton. Mm-hmm. Who they had lost in free agency. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. The team was the same. Team was the same, just D- not, not getting the same out of guys anymore. Deven... DiVincenzo was kind of the only addition that was different from last year. Yeah. If that's indicative of that team not being a championship team, then there's some big changes you have to make, right? Because you mentioned the contract. Jordan Poole was an awful contract. I don't know how you come off that anymore because he did not play up to getting the bag. Andrew Wiggins didn't either, but part of it was he missed 45 games this year. He was dealing with a rib cartilage thing in the game last night. I don't know exactly mm-hmm. how good he was this year. Of course, Steph missed a handful of games this year. Yeah. So there were different injuries that sidelined different people throughout. But the biggest difference to me was the fact that Jordan Poole wasn't Jordan Poole from last year no. after after receiving the bag. Not even close. And Jordan Poole picked up the slack for Clay Thompson last year, mm-hmm. who is obviously not the same guy anymore. Yeah, really not. Clay looks. I mean, Clay's. You know, I don't want to say he's washed. No, nah, he's not washed, but. There's not a whole lot left in he, that tank. He's not a Supermax guy anymore. No, not even close. Not even close. So how do you navigate that then? I don't know. You've got three tough contracts on that team, and I'm not sure who wants any of them. I mean, they're obviously not going to trade Clay, so you got to try and shop Wiggins and Poole, but no one wants to bring on those big contracts, especially, I would say, Poole. And I don't hate having Wiggins on this team. I I think that there's value for him. Yeah, no, I agree. But I don't know how you come off of Jordan Poole's contract. Mm-hmm. That that looks awful all of a sudden. 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I never bought in. I mean, I thought Jordan Poole was really good in college at at Michigan. Definitely a tough shot maker, but I never bought into this the contract that he got because there's a lot of guys in the league that can just put the ball in the bucket, and he plays no defense. He's not a distributor in any way. He's literally just a pure shot maker. Mm-hmm. And there's a ton of guys in the league like that, and those guys are not hard to find. And I just don't really get why he got so much hype for really showing you not a whole lot for a long time. So, yeah, they're they're stuck with that. I don't know really what the Lakers are going to do. They're going to have to start trusting in their young guys and start developing people because, I mean, they drafted Moses Moody and Kaminga very high, and they drafted Wiseman number one and really have not given any of them much meaningful burn to start to develop. Wiseman never really saw the court before being traded to Detroit. Yeah. (laughs) And And he was not bad when he got to Detroit. I mean, they... It's a trash team, and he's playing a bunch of you know trash minutes. But I mean, it, it's still not the number two pick. No. I mean, it, it is a it is a huge miss. And while I've seen flashes from Kaminga, he only got four minutes last night, mm-hmm. and that's not that's not really good. No, uh, Moses Moody did get fifteen last night, but even he throughout the season. So I don't know if they've just swung and missed on these guys completely or if they're not even getting an opportunity because of the guys in front of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean... And remember, Patrick Baldwin's on this team, too. It, I think that this falls, I mean, on Steve Kerr. You've got Jordan Poole, who didn't do you know crap all year. Why not... What do you have to lose by giving these younger guys some burn? Because... They can do guarantee you can do just as much. I mean, there was a point in the game yesterday where Jordan Poole had played like, I want to say like 15 minutes, and he had zero points and four fouls. Like, yep. why are you continue? Why are you going to continue to put that guy out there? He's literally not helping you at all. And he finished three of ten, yeah. zero for three from behind the arc. Yeah, and he's thought of as a shooter. Like, he was the third. They're calling him the third splash brother. Gave him this. The pool party nickname. Mm-hmm. That's been a lame party this year. I'll tell you that. <laughs> That's not it a is party. A sad party. Not a party. I want to be at. The one thing I never understood about this series, I thought, especially when Kavon Looney was hurt early. Yeah, going to Jamichael Green into that kind of smaller lineup kind of helped this team. Yeah. And that game, was it game two mm-hmm. that he started? Yeah. I thought it really helped this team, but then Jermichael Green never got back on the court after that. Mm-hmm. And I thought the Lakers had a tough time, A, dealing with the small aspect and the fact that Jermichael Green actually spread the court even more, giving them one more mm-hmm. offensive weapon that Kevon Looney just doesn't give them. Yeah, no, I completely agree. This series by uh, Steve Kerr has really, you know, made me question. I mean, obviously, Steve Kerr, it's hard to argue with all the championships he's won, but how much of that is him being carried by 
Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Yeah, the, probably the second best, you know, big three of all time. And then when they added KD, like they've had two of the top fifteen, maybe ten players of all time on their team. Mm-hmm. So really makes me question how great of an actual coach, especially in game, is Steve Kerr? Because I did not see really that was the only adjustment that worked out for them that he really did, and then he could just completely went away from it. So Yeah, I never understood that. That was the one thing about what happened that I was truly, truly befuddled by mm-hmm. from this series. Yeah. Looking forward, though, the Lakers now have to run into the Denver Nuggets, who I think it's time to stop sleeping on them. Yeah, I completely I think they're, I think they're real, and yeah. I think they're real because we're finally seeing what we've always questioned what they could be. We're finally seeing just health, that's, health from everybody. That's what I mean. Yeah. The the thing we questioned was their health. Mm-hmm. Could could Jokic stay on the floor? Could, well, he's always been on the floor, but could Murray and Porter stay on the floor yeah. to make this complete? Mm-hmm. And a, a healthy Nuggets team looks really, really, really yeah. good. Really good. Really, really good. Yeah, and the surrounding parts around it are really nice yeah, too, especially everyone, when Aaron Gordon's your fourth. Yeah, Aaron Gordon, your fourth option, your glue guy, can guard you know basically anyone in the yeah. league with his athleticism. You've got probably the tallest pure shooter in the league at Michael Porter Jr., who stands about six eleven. Then Jokic, the ultimate—I don't even know—just completely bends the game to his will every time. And then Maul Murray, when he's in a groove, he's he can light it up with the best of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, we saw it in the in the bubble what he was able to do there, and then he's finally you know really rounding back into form. And the addition of of Bruce Brown to add more depth and defense and toughness to this team, they've really got it all. They've got shooting, point guard play, mm-hmm. size. I mean, they start. Seven foot, six yeah. eleven, six ten. This is really, really well put together team, and I think this could definitely be their year. Their I, year, I really for, do. Their year, I agree with you. I think that they're on the cusp when mm. it comes to being able to get there. On the other side of things, one team's already in playoff. Jimmy went playoff. Jimmy and he yep. drug the eight-seeded Miami Heat out of the play-in mm-hmm. and into the Eastern Conference Finals. And he, you can't say his road was easy because he went through the number one seed Bucks. Yeah, definitely even not the, easy. Even though the Bucks did lose for a couple of games, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and then you wonder how healthy he was when he did return. Yeah. Cost Coach Bud his job. Yeah. But playoff Jimmy goes for twenty four and eight, and he gets twenty three out of Bam last night. Yeah, if, if Bam's playing well, uh, Strauss Struess is hitting some shots. Kyle Lowry, you know, isn't a complete bum out there. Mm-hmm. Never been a Kyle Lowry guy, but you know, he adds good stuff to this team off the bench. They're they're a tough team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had they play with an extreme amount of toughness. Jimmy Butler's probably the 
only player cut from that, you know, Jordan, Kobe, cloth, probably left in the league. Just that mentality? Yeah, that just I'm different than you mentality. So, yeah, I mean, he's completely willed them into the Eastern Conference semis, and I would put it up against probably anyone, anyone's playoff run of all time because I guarantee you if there's a better one, they had more on their team than Jimmy does because he doesn't have anyone. He doesn't have a top 20, top 25 guy even on his team besides himself. You brought up Jimmy and his mentality and how it's different. Mm -hmm. We see better players or perceived better players Mm -hmm. all running to join forces somewhere. Yeah. Is Jimmy the Is he the best player in the league for being able to do what he does how, the way he's able to do I think it with Jimmy the, Butler is absolutely the most slept on player in the league. Just because he stays out the spotlight, he, like no one thinks about Jimmy until everyone sees him in the playoffs and they're like no one can stop this dude. He'll guard your best player and then he'll give you 40 on the other end. It's just nonstop toughness and grit and just will from Jimmy Butler, and it's amazing to watch. Speaking of slept on and the heat, not only are they slept on, but what about Eric Spolstra? Yeah. He beat two guys that mm-hmm. have won multiple Coach of the Year awards. Yeah. He's never won one. That is pretty crazy, honestly, that he never won one. He never won one with the Heat? Never won one with the Heat. That's crazy. I mean, he's definitely, I would say, behind Pop, the easily second-best coach in the league. I don't think there's anyone else I would outright take over him. Maybe even at this point, like... He's the best in the league. Yeah, he's probably the absolute best. Pop's definitely... Because I'm looking at what he does it with. Yeah, exactly. Like, it is easy when you have Giannis Antetokounmpo playing in an MVP level. It is easy when you got, when you got three of the best players in the league. It, yeah. It, you know. Mm-hmm. No, without a doubt, he is a absolutely phenomenal coach, and he does not get his just due. There's no doubt about that. What makes the best matchup for the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals? Because we have Celtics... Sixers game seven tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You got the MVP and Joel Embiid and James Harden trying to shatter narratives about himself and Tyrese Maxey, who's I just love him as a player. Yeah. Versus the fastest him and Fox are just absolute blurs in the open court. Both Kentucky guys. Yeah. <laughs> Kentucky. If you built a team out of just pure Kentucky guys, they would win the championship with ease. I I look at it and they're going against the the reigning Eastern Conference champions, one of the best teams on that side of the ledger all year, mm-hmm. and you got one of the best players, and he'll even tell you so. I'm one of humbly one of the best basketball players in the world. You know, go through struggles, go through slumps. It's a long game, and you know, thankful I got some great teammates that held it down. Brogdon, JB, Smart, Al, and they all trust me, right? They tell me keep taking great looks. It's going to fall. Keep impacting the game in other ways. And all that mattered was we won this game, right? Give ourselves another chance, come back home, you know, for game seven. Jason Tatum, humbly, one of the best players in the league. 
I mean, he ain't wrong about it. He's not. But it's just funny when you hear somebody humble brag on themselves. Yeah. I think the best matchup for them, I mean, I think both of these teams will be very tough outs for them. I would say... Embiid would be a problem for them, though, right? Embiid would absolutely be a problem. But I think, like, if they play the Celtics, Rob Williams and Bam kind of cancel each other out. Yeah. Tatum will probably be guarded by Jimmy, and mm-hmm. they will kind of cancel each other out. And it kind of comes down to Butler. Or, I mean, Brown. Brown, yeah. But Brown, Brogdon, and White are far and away better than the next three guys that the Heat roll mm-hmm. out. So. Struce, Lowry. Yeah. <laughs> guys that can't guard, you know. They can't, Love. Yeah. <laughs> so. I don't know. Both of these matchups don't really favor the Heat, but if I was the Heat, I think I would want to play the Celtics because there's just something missing about the Celtics team this year. that I just can't put my finger on. Yeah, this year they're just and I think it's their mentality. Like they really don't have anyone on their team besides Smart. Does that come down to uh, Mazzella versus Ime? It might a little bit. I mean, Mazzula being his first year, I, l- I like him, but then, like, why are you trying to be pop when you talk to people? Like, dude, you've coached, what, 10 games? Mm-hmm. Like, chill out for a second with the one-word answers and why aren't y'all asking me about <laughs> my adjustments? Like, because we don't even know your name, dude. <laughs> Like who even are you? Like that something he about got, this team just really has been rubbing me the wrong wrong way. He got way. his contract mid-season, right? Yeah, he got his contract mid-season. It's just between Tatum, I don't think he's quite he's he's obviously one of the most skilled players in the league. There's no doubt about that. He's arguably my favorite player in the league. But is he that dude? He's just is he like Jimmy. He no, he's not. He doesn't have that dog mentality like there was a play in the last game and he hit someone with a euro step and he ended up getting fouled on it which made it better but he Mm -hmm. tried to finesse this like finger roll like dude you're 6'10 go try to punch it in this dude's face on the rim it's just he tries to be too much finesse I would say over like sheer will to get it done and that could end up being their downfall because he's going to be the guy with the ball in his hands. One last question before we kind of move into the NFL with the schedule releases and stuff. Speaking of Ime Udoka, mm-hmm. new head coach of the Houston Rockets. Mm-hmm. It's a team that's going to have likely another top three pick this year. Yeah. This team... I told by, you they were going to go get Ime, though, didn't I? Was, I? I was... Hoping for it, I wasn't certain of it, but I was. That was the guy I wanted. When they started saying Nick Nurse, I'm like, y'all repeating the same mistakes. If you go get Nick Nurse, they got them Ime. Yeah, he'll get those young boys right in the head. Ime, we know, we know, and he has the opportunity now to to max out after making an All NBA team. Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. Kind of wants his own team, right? Yeah. We've known that. Mm-hmm. He's got a good relationship with Ime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could definitely see that happening. 
I would love for it would be a sign and trade though. Yeah, because he's gonna want his max. Yeah, <laughs> so if you're I, giving up pieces, probably Jalen Green. I would imagine would be one of those pieces going away. Yeah, I would do everything to keep Jalen Green. I would probably. Yeah, I mean, are you keeping Green or are you keeping Smith? I mean, yeah, they'll probably want one of them. I mean, between because the Green, two, I'm keeping Smith because Green and Jalen are basically playing the same position. Yeah, but you could move Jalen Brown to the three. Yeah. He can he's probably a more natural three, I would say. So I would try everything I can. But they just don't have a lot really to offer besides those two. Like Kevin Porter Jr. ain't that. Well, picks. Yeah, well, <laughs> picks is definitely the main thing. But if they'll take a bunch of picks in Kevin Porter or and like, you know, someone else, I would for sure do that. But they also have a bunch of guards in Boston, so they probably don't want to get another point guard. Yeah. yeah, so I would love for the Spurs if we if we land Wimby, I'm throwing everything I can to try and get Jalen Brown. Sure. You can have Keldon and some one of the 16 pick or a couple of the 16 picks we have over the next <laughs> six years. I remember Jalen nice. has to want to go there too. Yeah, mm. I know. I know. But who wouldn't want to play with, you know, Wimby Wimby. Exactly. That's why you want to That's win the part lottery. Of why you want Wimby on Tuesday night. <laughs> people are going to want to play with him. He's going to be an influx of eyes and talent to wherever he goes. He is Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. This is the Saturday Morning Hangover. We are your hangover without the headache. Coming up next, the schedules are out, and the Dallas Cowboys, well, they've had 12 wins the last two seasons. Is that feasible again? We'll break it down next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star 94.1 FM and ESPNSA.com. This is Mike Greenberg, and you're home for the Dallas Cowboys. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 1250. Welcome back to your Hangover Without the Headache. This is the Saturday Morning Hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star 94.1 FM and ESPNSA.com. I'm James Pledger, joined by Jack Thompson. We are taking you till 11 o'clock. And while we're going to get into the NFL schedule and everything, of course, we want to we want to get it with you too. Kielbasa Smoke Meats phone lines are available to you. 656-ESPN, 210-656-3776. You can call or text them like Mondo did. Mondo, welcome on to the Saturday Morning Hangover. Hey, thanks. I love the show. I guess this is my work day on Saturday. Um, but, uh, my question was, I like listening to y'all because y'all know, y'all see me, I like y'all watch more college basketball. Oh. And uh, y'all were right on the Soham pick last year. Uh, Thank you. I, I started watching highlights on Soham like after y'all. Yeah, we were talking about him last year, and yeah, I, I love him now. Um, but my question is, like, with the uh, with the lottery, the way it's set up, if what at what pick if the Spurs fall to a certain pick, at what pick do y'all look to start trading it? Um, because I know there's like disgruntled superstars. Like, maybe I, I read a rumor that Carl Anthony Towns might not be happy, or that the Minnesota might try to move him because of that they're so cap strict. At what pick would y'all start looking like? Okay, well, because I think after Brandon Miller, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't. I, I don't like the, some of the other players after Brandon Miller. Thanks a lot, Mondo. 
uh, we're actually talking about this kind of pre-show a little bit in terms of what happens, you know, if the worst happens. And I'm manifesting. We're landing number one on Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. We're getting Wimby. And, you know, if if you're manifesting it like I am and you want to go celebrate, well, Tuesday, the Blitz is live out at the Rupub, three to seven. The draft lottery is that night. And if San Antonio lands the number one overall pick, so you can go out, you can eat, you can drink, you can have some fun. And if San Antonio lands, wins the lottery, Mm -hmm. and lands the number one overall pick, Rupub's picking up all the tabs at that point. Wow. Everything's wiped clean, and you started a zero balance after the number one pick is announced if San Antonio wins it. That's beautiful. Right? Looks like I'm going to the Rue. <laughs> as soon as I finish at work, I'm hoping that I can beat the lottery there. So I'm coming out too. So I'll see you there. But the Rue Pub, great place. Go join the Jason and jo- uh, Joe out for the Blitz. 281 Redland Road. We'll see you at the Rue. Yep. And hopefully we'll have a number one pick to talk about. But like Mondo said, if worse comes to worse mm-hmm. and they fall out of the top three, four, mm-hmm. Five line of demarcation of where they fall. Mm-hmm. Are you looking at possibly moving that pick and future picks for disgruntled stars, or maybe the way Houston did? You see value in someone like James Harden at the time, yeah, who was kind of quote a star, or not a star, but they they saw his per. Mm-hmm. and saw if they extrapolated his minutes out to starter minutes mm-hmm. that he was going to be a superstar. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I trade the pick, to be honest. Okay. I definitely I don't want Carl Anthony Towns. Never, <laughs> never been a cat guy. He absolutely does not have that dog in him whatsoever. All right, speaking of guys that don't have that dog in them, there's another Max guy that could potentially be on his way out as uh, DeAndre Ayton. No, no, (laughs) no, 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 no. But you got to start looking around the league at different guys like those that may be on their way out of their current situations. Jordan Poole, another guy. I understand those are no's. Those are huge. All three of those are big <laughs> no's for me. Because we literally just got rid of Jordan Poole and Lonnie Walker. Who played better yesterday? Lonnie Walker. <laughs> well, Why would we go get Jordan Poole? Lonnie was one of the few negatives in the plus-minus for the Lakers. <laughs> he still gave him 13, 14, whatever. He gave him 13. But I look at it, and plus... 31 for Anthony Davis, plus 21 for LeBron James, plus 16 for Dennis Schroeder, plus 26 for D'Angelo Russell, plus 24 for Austin Reeves, plus 2 for Jared Vanderbilt, plus 1 for Max Christie, minus 10 for Lonnie Walker despite his 13 points. Yeah. (laughs) So no, no to Jordan Poole, no to Aiton. And I mean, it's less of a no for Cat because he's big and off. Very offensively skilled, but he's probably the softest big man in the league. Okay, what if Poole's a no? Yes. But we discussed Andrew Wiggins. No. Possibly. Where does that, that doesn't put us at anywhere 
better than drafting a young guy would. Do you take a swing at Kaminga or Moody? No. I don't. Is there anyone around the league? I'll take Jalen Brown. I'll trade that pick for to go get Jalen Brown. I mean, I, I don't haven't... think anybody disagree with you. Yeah, There's... I mean, I would as a Rockets fan. But... I got. I haven't really looked at like who could be potentially wanting out. There's not a lot that really come to mind, and this is an extremely weak, yeah, free, free agent class. So. I think I'm drafting that pick, and I'm going to get... If we fall out of it, I'm going the best available guard. Which would be... It depends on where we fall. I mean, it could be Let's Amin say if, Thompson. It could be Anthony Black. could be Keontae George. Mm-hmm. If Cam Whitmore's there, I'm definitely I taking him. Cam Whitmore. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I'm still... I think I'm going for the draft, and... Like, if you fall out of the top five, mm-hmm. Whitmore's kind of the guy I've got circled. Yeah, I think, and he could even go within the top five. I'd probably take him over Brandon Miller. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. I like Mainly Brandon. because I don't think Brandon Miller would be drafted by the Spurs. No, I mean, probably not. Unless it was like a super value, like he was there at seven or something. Mm-hmm. But Pro- I after think- Josh Primo? Yeah. I think they're very gonna... hard to go get a guy that has, you know, some discrepancies in his background after what just happened. But because you already missed on a lottery pick, you can't miss on a second one yeah. in three years. Yeah. I think Cam Whitmore's probably the guy that I like the most outside of Scoot and Wimby. Agreed. And I think he would just match up really well with Sohan. It'd be kind of like a fire and ice type deal where Whitmore, I think, has a really, really high offensive upside game. Extremely athletic, super strong, can shoot the ball very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this past year, I just read that he shot the ball at a better three point percentage from the NBA range than he did the college. So that's definitely very intriguing. And, uh, I mean, but if we're going straight guards and, like, Whitmore's gone, I think I'd probably lean Amin Thompson. Amin? Yeah, or us. I can't remember which one is which, who is the higher rated one. I think Amin's the higher rated one. They're both 6'7", 6'8". Amin's the higher rated. I believe Osar is the higher ceiling guy. If I remember correctly. I truly don't know. I, I I also have big questions about the overtime elite guys. I need to they need to go to the combine and play as much as they can in the five on five and show that like I need to see it. Yeah. I mean I just don't know what the intensity level of the overtime elite is. Like those games look like the most hyped pickup games you've ever seen. Like I don't know how much defense is played. I don't know how gritty these guys are, and they need to go out and show up, show out against guys who they're going to be drafted around. So that'll be a big, a big thing for me. But I definitely, I don't think I trade the pick unless I can get like someone who's bona fide right now. Mm-hmm. And Cat, while he's great offensively, leaves a lot left on the table in just about every other category besides scoring the ball. 
Wiggins, that's a hard pass. Pool's a hard pass. Aiton. Aiton is the hardest pass of them all at this point, probably. I don't know why they resigned him when he got the offer sheet from Indiana. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't understand why they matched it. Because it looked like they were done with them that year. Mm-hmm. And then he's just been absolutely roasted by Jokic in every game. It's not just Jokic. He's just been bad all season long just, in terms of just his demeanor. His he has no hustle, will to want. win. Yeah, no want to or will to win, which is sad because he could be very, very good. But yeah, if I'm Spurs, I'm keeping the pick, and we're just running it back. We try to go get a star, maybe, if, you know, trade some picks, try to go get Jalen Brown or, you know, I don't know who else could be available. I'll have to take a look at contracts and stuff like that. But Beal? Brad Beal's not bad. He's, you know, a little bit longer in the tooth in terms of NBA age, yeah, sure. but he can still, you know, put it in the bucket with the best of them. Supreme leader, obviously. I'm just looking at guys that may be yeah. trying to get out of their current situations. He got his money. He spent his year there. Mm-hmm. Could he be looking to move? Yeah, I mean, certainly could see that. But as of right now, I'm keeping the pick because I still think there's a lot of really good talent at the top of this draft. It's a deep guard draft for sure, I would say. A lot of really good guards. Would I trade the third pick for John Moran? I mean, obviously, but Memphis would literally never do that. I mean, they would not trade John Moran. They would I don't think they would either. I don't think they would for probably any package. Because John Morant's don't just, you know, grow on trees. And there's no one in this draft that comes close to John Morant in terms of guards. And if we're if we're being honest with ourselves, the Grizzlies got it right while the Pelicans is still a question mark when we look at that draft. Yeah. We were both huge Jaw guys. Yeah. We wanted we kind of wanted to see Jaw end up in Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> John Book would have been something insane. But, I mean, Zion, when he's healthy, is easily one of the more dominant players in the whole league, but it's just, like, when is he healthy? It's like 10% of the time. Taking a look at the NFL schedules that came out this week, the Dallas Cowboys, they have, based on last year's schedules, or or uh, results, mm-hmm. they're tied for the third toughest schedule in the NFL Yeah, with the Giants and the Patriots. Behind that, uh, ahead of them on that, the Eagles. They have the toughest schedule in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I look at the Cowboys' schedule in two five-week stretches. Like, that's, that's the brutal part. I only see one tough five-week stretch. What is, your, what is the first one? Obviously, 13 through 17 is the toughest part of our schedule. That is the but, number one part where you take on the Eagles at home, mm-hmm. the Seahawks at home. Luckily, you get a three-game homestand right there. Yeah, Washington, uh, Seattle, Philly, all at home. Then you hit the road for two very tough games mm-hmm. that are completely different. Yeah. You, you take on Buffalo and Buffalo in December. That's not going to be fun. No. And then you turn around and play Miami in Miami. <laughs> so you go from extreme cold to extreme heat and humidity in the matter of a week. So yeah. that that's difficult. And we all expect the Lions to be kind of a... They'll be better. I kind of expect them to win the North this year. They definitely could. 
I love the Jameer Gibbs pick. Yeah. I love him way more than I like DeAndre Swift. Yeah, certainly. Swift, I mean, the Eagles put a lot of eggs into two running backs that I haven't played a full season. <laughs> so I, that's why, I mean, that on paper, you look at rosters, and that's a very tough five-week stretch. That is but brutal. do we think Geno Smith will have the same year? I don't know, but I can... There's questions there. There's questions if he could, but I can really only go off of what he did last and year. And how good, and he yeah. was really good last year. Yeah, but how good besides, you know, Tyreek Woolen and Devon Witherspoon, their secondary for the Seahawks, How name another marquee guy out there. I like Boyham Offay on the defensive line. Okay, got last year. one guy, yeah. Sure. He's solid. I, I, I think that they are improved. I think that... They're better. Yeah, than they're, they they're were. a good team, but I have questions. But it's a with good that team, team that was good that got better. So, yeah. and, and I look at their receiving, like their receiving got, core is disgusting. You've got Jackson Smith and Jigba, Noah Fant. But uh, will he be health? I don't even know. Will he be healthy? Yeah, he had. A, he pulled a Joey Bosa. He tweaked his hamstring early and, and shut, yeah, it, and shut down. it down. And hopefully he stays healthy because I think he's really good. But I'm just saying there are question marks on that team. To where they don't scare me that much. Sure, but there's question marks of the same with the Cowboys. Is is Tony Pollard going to return to health? Yeah. Is Michael Gallup going to return to health? Yeah. Like, I mean, you can say the same thing about every team. There's questions, but on paper, this looks like a team that got better. Yeah. And they were a good playoff team last year. And also, like, the Dolphins, certainly, you know, very potent offense, <laughs> good, good defensive players, but... Will Tua be, be out there? Yeah. That's the big question. And the proof as of right now that I'm looking at in the pudding, no, he will not. But so, he has been working on Muay Thai and Jiu-Jitsu to try and fall better. learn how to fall. Yeah. <laughs> so he has at least taken it upon yeah. himself to at least be better to possibly be there at the end of it all. The other five-week stretch I'm looking at includes their bye week. Mm. I look at the Patriots. The Patriots, remember, Mac Jones with an, with an actual offensive coordinator was the NFL Rookie of the Year. He played with Bill O'Brien mm-hmm. at o- Alabama, yeah. which got him drafted. Yeah. So having a competent offensive coordinator not named Matt Patricia, <laughs> I think makes the Patriots better. Who are they How throwing much- to? How much better? I don't know, but better. Who's running the ball and who are they throwing to? I mean, oh, they have, uh, what's his name? Ramon Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson, yeah. But that's one back. I mean, yeah. he got hurt last year, too. I mean, but he was he was phenomenal last year. There's no doubt yeah. about that. I forgot about him. But who who is Mac Jones throwing it to? I mean, he's he's got Juju. He's got Juju. He's got, uh, they drafted Tyquan Thornton in the second round last year. Okay. He had They've one got touchdown. Devontae Parker. I, I'm not saying they're world beaters. But I'm absolutely not scared of the Patriots. All I'm saying is it is a game in which it's one of the better, like, compared to whoever's going to be the backup quarterback in Arizona, whoever. Sam Howell, like yeah. Bryce Young is a rookie. Like. Yeah, no. I mean, Matt Jones is a serviceable guy. He is Jimmy Garoppolo plus yes. a little more to his arm. Yes. Yeah. 
Like, I'm saying... But at least Jimmy, though... I'm not saying that's the hardest game. I'm saying in a stretch of games where you've got the Patriots, the 49ers, the Chargers, Mm -hmm. which you don't think Kellen Moore's trying to hang 50 on them? for sure. Followed by the bye week, the Rams healthy, Mm -hmm. and the Eagles... I'm, That's a brutal stretch of games. You're playing the Phillies in in. Uh, yeah, that's a Philly. tough. Yeah, I've definitely. You've got San Diego in San Diego. Yeah, which it will be a home game for the Cowboys. I'm yeah, not, but you're going to have a motivated no, Chargers yeah, team for sure, for sure. You've got San Fran in San Fran, and you've got the Rams healthy. Let's face it. Last year, their yeah. record didn't indicate who they were. They're mm-hmm. healthy this year. Matthew Stafford is going to be draft. back, and they had a very good draft. So you expect the Rams to be a much better team this year than they were last year, mm-hmm. closer to the Super Bowl team than they were whatever they were last mm-hmm. year. And I that's a brutal stretch to me. When you look at games stacked, that is hard game, hard game, hard game, hard. Like there's not an Arizona in there for them to kind of, you know, huh, okay, take a breath. That's all I'm saying. Like yeah. I see the I see the Giants after that, the Panthers after that, and the Commanders after that, and I'm like, okay, there's a stretch of games where you can at least catch your breath. I still see twelve wins in this. I see ten wins. I see I'm not saying that's a, they're not gonna make the playoffs, but I can see a regression in terms of wins just because of the difficulty of the schedule and how the games are stacked on top of one another. Like, if you slide New York or Carolina or Washington in between two of those five-game stretches Mm -hmm. to where it breaks it up a little bit, it'd it'd be a much easier road, I believe. But you're locked in on two consecutive five-week stretches minus a bye week. That's... That's yeah. not easy to me. The way I look at it, I mean, looking down the schedule, New York, I think that's a dub in I my think, mind. I think they regress, but I think they may get one. I'm not penciling a win in, but if you told me New York stole a game against the Cowboys, it wouldn't shock me. I just, I mean. Notice I said stole. Yeah. <laughs> I think week one's a dub. Week two is question mark. Jets are good. And mm-hmm. We could lose that one. But Aaron Rodgers, fresh in a new system, new yeah. weapons, there may be a growing period. Yeah. So you could get that one. Mm-hmm. I I mean, week three, that's Cardinals, a that's a dub. That's the one I'm confident in writing a W next to, which, ironically enough, looking at the schedule the way it's stacked, the second half of the schedule schedule's on the other side, and I see the Washington dub next to the Cardinals. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense. Uh, Pats, I see a dub. Week five against San Fran, that's our first true test, I would say, for sure. But what are they going to do at quarterback? I don't know. Doesn't matter. I also don't know. Week six, I think we take the Chargers. I mean, like you said, home game. And you said Kellen's going to want to hang 50, but you don't think that Mike McCarthy ain't going to want to go out there and slap Kellen around? Sure. I think it goes both ways with that. And I just which one do you feel co- more confident in putting the points up though? Which offensive coordinator? It's I mean I think our team as a whole is much better, but they probably have the better offensive unit. Mm-hmm. 
if they can, you know, keep uh, Austin Eckler. But that defense just doesn't scare me. I mean, they have Bosa, yes, but outside of that, it's like Asante Samuel Jr., who's very good. But after that, I just there's not a lot that scares me on that defense. I think the Rams are a dub. The first Eagles game, that's a definitely another big benchmark test. But then we go dub, dub, dub with, I think, New York, Carolina, and Washington. Yeah. Seattle, that's a tough game, but, you know, it's at home. I think we take it with a dub. Eagles again. Hopefully we can split with them. Then it's two question marks in a row for me, and I think we'll probably split in those two, whether we beat Buffalo or we beat um, Miami. And then we go back at to home against the, the Lions. I think the Lions are going to be much better for sure. But they're not going to have the same. I mean, Swift really didn't do much last year. It was all, it was Jamal, all Williams. Jamal Williams. But that's where I expect Jameer Gibbs to be different. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that team's definitely going to be much better this year. But I think, I mean, I'm not scared of Washington, so I feel I feel like that's a dub. So I think 11-12 wins is eminently winnable in this in this uh in this in this schedule. Harry Austin on our YouTube live says everyone thinks they're going 12 and 5 at this stage of the season. <laughs> he is Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. This is the Saturday Morning Hangover. When we come back, we'll take a look at the Texans schedule and how we feel they're going to go moving forward. Vegas has them at five and a half. A lot of people th- don't think much of them. A lot of people think a lot more of them. We'll break it all down next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star 94.1 FM and ESPNSA.com. James Pledger, Jack Thompson, the Saturday Morning Hangover. Good morning and welcome into your hangover without the headache. The Saturday morning hangover right here on San Antonio Sports Star 94.1 FM, ESPNSA.com. I'm James Pledger, joined by Jack Thompson. As always, Jack, what's happening, my guy? Not much, man. Great to be back in studio. It's good to have you back. I've missed it. I've missed it, too. It's only been two weeks, but man, I've missed it. Felt like a month. Felt like a long time, no (laughs) doubt about that. Looking at... The NFL schedule releases. We talked about the Cowboys. You think they're going twelve and five again? I think they're probably going to regress a little bit. Them make them a worse team. Just means their schedule's tougher and they'll think, be more battle tested. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm as blue blood boys fan as it gets. Mm-hmm. But I just think we've done so well this off season to <laughs> fill holes and just make this an all around better roster. I'm very confident moving forward. I look. I think we've There's had as good of an offseason as anyone could have. I love the addition of Brandon Cooks and Stephon Gilmore. Yeah. I think you solidified some things. Bringing back Leighton Van Der Esch and Donovan Wilson were huge check marks mm-hmm. in my mind. Now it's, yeah, putting, it's just putting, putting it together. Putting it together. Yeah, build and the puzzle. Robert Griffin the third says we're going to find out a lot about this team down the stretch. Yeah, Five wins in back to back seasons. They're not a team that doesn't perform well in the regular season. Yes, Kellen Moore is gone, and yes, they scored a ton of points with Kellen Moore. 
But Mike McCarthy's point is that it's not about scoring the points and being number one in the uh, NFL in offense. They want to win games and do it consistently in the playoffs. So I, the six primetime games for the Cowboys is not surprising to me at all. It shouldn't be surprising to anybody. The NFL would give them 10 primetime games if they could, and Stephen A. would be punching air. But at the end of the day, it's their, their stretch down the end of the year. Look, yeah. look, at, look at this with me, guys. Starting yeah. in week 13, they have a gauntlet of Seattle. The Eagles, the Dolphins, the Bills, the Lions, and the Commanders. I mean, you're talking about teams that are absolutely stacked. The NFL script writers, the schedule makers, they put the Cowboys in the thick of it late in the year to see if they are ready for a playoff run. And we're going to find out more about the Cowboys starting week 13 than we will the whole rest of the year. And I mean, that's absolute facts. That's the most important part of the schedule to me yeah. is that final stretch run. And the Commanders are really hyping up Sam Howell. I get it, but you've still got a really good run game with Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson. You got Scary Terry, Jahan Dotson flashed at the end of last year, and Chase Young's healthy. And you've got Marcus Sweat on that defensive line. Like you But you got Sam Howell at quarterback. But you got Sam Howell at quarterback. But the only thing we saw of Sam Howell was a very good performance against the Dallas Cowboys. Pretty solid, yeah. Pretty solid. So but Not sure. Remember, before, no tape though. Before no tape. he was taken in the fifth round, he was considered a first rounder going into that year. Yeah, same which house. is why it's hard to project. Like, hey, this guy next year, this quarterback class, these are the guys to look for. Yeah, and then we get to next year, and all of a sudden, like one of those guys is still mm-hmm. there. Yeah, so that's why when people are talking about the Texans should suck for another year and go get Caleb Williams. Well, I like Caleb Williams a lot. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be there, but Drake may. Yeah. Like, all right, what happens if you don't get Caleb Williams? You get the guy that you got while you can. Drake May, I think, is going to be really good, though. Maybe. I think he will. But I could also see an, uh, a Sam Howell situation in which his play falls off this year. He's not quite as good. I mean, he's lost his two best receivers. And then, just like Sam Howell, or you lose Kenny all Pickett. the weapons around or you. Or not Kenny Pickett, Will Levis. Yeah. You lose all the weapons around you, and all of a sudden you fall yeah. in the draft because it doesn't look the same. Yeah, no doubt. We see it every year. But, look, I'm with Robert. I, I RG3 says that is their toughest stretch. I agree. And it's going to be very important because if they are like 8-3 going into that stretch or something mm-hmm. and then drop three of those five games, mm-hmm. It's hard to feel confident about them going into the playoffs. No, for sure. And no doubt. My biggest question this year, out of everything, I love what they did offensively. I love bringing in Brandon Cooks. I lo- there are a lot of things that I love about what they did. Mm-hmm. They kicked a man out of the building that gave you top 10 offenses every year. Mm-hmm. You better be right, Mike. Yeah. You better be right. Because if you're not, I don't think you're back. No, definitely not. Definitely, definitely not. After this offseason, everything that we've given Mike to go out and prove himself and win a bunch of games and, you know, get to the the NFC Championship and Super Bowl, if he doesn't complete the job, he's done so. And Dak, you got to help out. Yeah. You can't lead the league in turnovers despite only playing 11 games. No. I think last year, I mean, you look at his past, and last year I think was an anomaly, but it was. that's definitely going to be in the back of his head, and he can't overthink it. 
It's going to be very interesting. Taking a look at the Texans schedule, though, it is it is prime. Yeah, y'all, I y'all love it. I think looking at it because you don't have these stretches where it's like multiple weeks on the road, multiple weeks at home. For the first part of the season, you get to develop a pattern: mm-hmm. away, home, away, home, away, home, bye week, away, home, away, home, home, home. Away, away, home, home. And then you close the season in Indy. I'm not saying they're going to do this, but there are 12 winnable games for the Texans on this on this schedule. That's even more than I thought. Pittsburgh? I think that's a winnable, winnable game. game. I think Denver is a winnable game. I do too. Colts, winnable game. Yep, both of them. Falcons, winnable game. Yep. Panthers, winnable game. Cardinals, winnable game. Saints? I don't know what the Saints are going to be like. In my mind, those winnable are game. winnable games. Buccaneers? Winnable game. Winnable game. Both Titans games? Winnable games. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, you get that's 12 right there. That's 12 winnable games. Do you win them all? Probably not. But and the Texans have owned the Jaguars even being bad. Yeah, so <laughs> there's there are games out there for them to – they can go out and win a game. <clears throat> And the NFL schedule makers are so so cheeky at times mm-hmm. because everything comes full circle. The Texans open up on the road in Baltimore mm-hmm. against the Ravens. D'Amico Ryan's final game as a Houston Texan was in the divisional round of the playoffs January 15th of 2012. The Texans lost to the Ravens 20-13 to that year. This is his first game as a head coach. He will open up exactly where his career ended in Baltimore against the Ravens. I thought it was kind of poetic. Ravens are <laughs> kind of scary, dude. They're scary, but brand new off like the Cowboys, brand yeah. new offensive coordinator. We don't want, know what Lamar's going to look like mm-hmm. outside of Greg Roman's offense if yeah. he's going to run the ball For less sure. and how that even translates, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Because a lot of the times you don't want him running the ball. No, facts. <laughs> But they ensured his weapons to where he probably doesn't have to as much. You got Mark Andrews. Yeah. You got Zay Flowers. You got OBJ. You got OBJ. You got Bateman if he can Rashad come Bateman back Bateman coming back healthy. You got Dobbins. You got Gus Bus. Mm-hmm. They got some, some dudes out they there. They got some weapons. Yeah. It's the so, best weapons Lamar's had by 20, Ever. Yeah, literally his entire football career. Yes. He does not have to shoulder literally everything. Which is going to be very nice. Yeah, that's scary too. So it's going to be interesting to open up against such a difficult opponent. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's a good litmus test. It is a great litmus test because I look at this team and they did a lot of things in mm-hmm. the offseason. Will Anderson coming off the edge. You brought in a Sheldon Rankins. You have Jerry Hughes, who was, I believe, top 10 in pressures last year despite mm-hmm. being on a bad team. Yeah. I mean, they've got a nice defensive line. They're secondary. Steven Nelson played very, very well last year. You got Desmond King as your nickel. You've got uh, a fully healthy Derek Stingley, who was mm-hmm. the third overall pick. Jalen Petrie and Jimmy Ward in the second yeah. and uh, patrolling deep. And then you look at the linebacker room. 
you have the ones you had last year with Kirksey and everything, but then you add Henry Tuotuo, mm-hmm. you added uh, Denzel Perryman and Corey Littleton. Yeah. Like, they've revamped that entire defensive roster. For real. And the offensive line has been revamped as Every well. Every room on this team has been revamped. You got Robert Woods, John Mechie, Nico Collins, Tank Dell in the receiver room. In the backfield, you got Devin Singletary and Damian Pierce. Mm-hmm. And on the offensive line, and, but which you was also a have Dalton Schultz. And Dalton Schultz in the tight end room now. And then the offensive line's been completely revamped. Mm-hmm. You had two really good tackles last year in Titus Howard and mm-hmm. Laramie Tunsil. Outside of that, center was a huge liability. Kenyon Green was couldn't be healthy. Could not stay so healthy. But he was not healthy. Yeah. And then right guard, you had a revolving AJ can like just mm-hmm. up, you go out and bring in a guy who didn't allow a sack last year and has been a perennial Pro Bowler in Shaq Mason. Mm-hmm. You draft two, not one, but two guys that can play both center and guard. Mm-hmm. And Jarrett Patterson, who by the way didn't allow a sack in his college career when he started. And Juice Scruggs, who you traded up yeah. for in the second round, mm-hmm. to be the center yeah. of the future, and then Kenyon Green, hopefully healthy and in his uh, yeah. going into his second year, it clicks and and just being around better players hopefully yeah. makes him better. Yeah, like they have set up C.J. Stroud for success to where the really the weakest link in this offense or on this team. Receiver room, yeah, probably because there's not really. There's we don't not know what Mechie is. We don't. Y'all don't have alpha. Yeah, you don't have a one. Got now, a lot of solid twos and threes. Maybe Mechie maybe. is that dude. I think Tank Dell's going to be tough. Tank Dell's going to be. I think they're going to use him, not exactly the same way that they use Debo Samuel, but in a way of making sure get him in space. Yep. Just get him in space. Exactly. Just get him in space. And super fast. Super cool, by the way, that they did the C.J. Stroud got seven from Kaimi Fairbairn. Obviously, mm-hmm. Kaimi Fairbairn's going back to his college number of 15 at UCLA. Mm-hmm. But Stroud being a seven, Tank Dell being the 13, mm-hmm. 7-1-3, which is the area code of Houston. Yeah. And it was, it was reported, and both Tank and C.J. have talked about this, CJ lobbied for yeah. them to draft Tank. Yeah, CJ told him, go get Tank Dell. And Tank wanted to stay home mm-hmm. in Houston. Mm-hmm. So it was really cool. And in the history of the Texans, never has there been a 7-13 connection touchdown. for a touchdown. So yeah. I think we're actually going to see that this year. Yeah, there are, <laughs> there are double-digit winnable games here. So y'all could easily get to... I think eight or nine wins. Eight, nine is kind of where I've got them penciled in at. Which is a great first step. Which, and let's talk about this in the next segment, because the draft, we both didn't get to voice our thoughts on it. I Mm -hmm. thought the Texans killed it, obviously, as voiced, as seen on my Instagram. Yeah. (laughs) But the Cowboys also had a really solid draft, I think. Just filling holes, plugging holes. I've got... Outside the Cowboys, and I guess outside the Texans, too, because we talked about them, I've got five, 
seven other teams seven that teams I that think killed really it. did well in the draft. We'll bust that down next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star 941 FM and ESPN SA.com. Listen to 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star on your Amazon or Google smart speaker and just say, Alexa, play 941 San Antonio Sports Star. You a fan of Weezer, Jack? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Which is why I'm very happy to announce that we have some tickets to give away. Both Weezer and Steve Miller Band come into the Germania Insurance Amphitheater. We've got tickets to both to give away before we leave here at 11 o'clock. Stay tuned. At the end of this segment, we will give away those tickets to go see Weezer at the Germania Insurance Amphitheater. I believe it's on June 8th. It is part of Live Nation's concert week, May 10th through the 16th, where they have over uh, where they have over 3,800 concert tickets at $25 a piece out at LiveNation.com. Tickets to things such as Steve Miller Band and Weezer, which we're giving away here today. Kenny Loggins, which will be next week. Thomas Rhett, Jimmy Eat World, Godsmack, and Three Doors Down. Dang, all that's coming a lot of good, to town. That's a lot of good concerts right I there. I know. Now, Jimmy Eat World. Jimmy Eat World, man. <laughs> I haven't thought of that band in a long time. It just takes some time. <laughs> but yes, Weezer, we are giving away those tickets at the end of this segment. So stay tuned. Stay by your phones. We were talking about the NFL draft. We said the Cowboys crushed it. I thought the the Cowboy or the Cowboys, I think, hit a solid double. Like yeah. they just Right down the middle of the fairway, mm-hmm. nothing yeah. spectacular. Made par on the on the hole, yeah. like it was just. We did what we needed to do. The only thing I question is the Schoonmaker pick. Yeah, that's an odd one. I felt like we could have gone. Schoonmaker feels like a reach because it feels like the Bills jumped them for Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. Which I like the Mozzie Smith pick better anyway. Yeah. But it felt like they were dead set on getting a tight end. The tight end they wanted went, and then some of the others started going in the second round, mm-hmm. and they were like, who's We got to get one, yeah. And I like Schoonmaker. I think he's going to be just solid. I mean, he's never going <laughs> to jump out the box. He's, but second round? But Yeah, I know, I know. I think we, like, it that's was where a I bit of a reach. There was so much still on the board, including Osiris Torrance, which I thought was a probably yeah, bigger need. Yeah, that's probably where I would have gone, for like, sure. That's... I just look at, at Luke Schoomaper, and I see the fact that he the routes he ran were 2.15 yards from the line of scrimmage for the most part at Michigan, and his contested catch rate, according to PFF, was 26.3%. The way I look at it is we didn't get him for his offense. We got him for his inline blocking. Okay. I think he's going to be a, a Jason Witten type of, um, you know, uh, tight end to mm-hmm. where he's going to, I think he's going to block a lot more than he's going to sure. catch the ball. Like I said, my only, it's not the pick. It's yeah. where the pick happened. Yeah. Like it's no, the I value. Agree. I agree. I think that was a bit of a reach. And we probably panicked a smidge and just went and got the highest rated tight end we still had on our board where he may not have fit there. 
But I think we got him for his inline, his outside blocking to where it'll help us bounce Tony Pollard to the outside. Yeah. I think that's what it falls down to. Like, you a bounce out with Tony Pollard with him blocking and our new fullback possibly leading the way to take on the next guy. And I really like Fehoko, too. Yeah, I like Fehoko. I like the Overshone pick a lot. Mozzie's- Overshone, especially with the news that Micah is bulking up to play defensive end yeah. specifically, which mm-hmm. I think is a shot on his part as to... You're franchise tagging me as a defensive end. Yeah. <laughs> like, I yeah. think that's what that move is. Yeah. But by drafting Overshone in the third with him making this move, it allows you not to lose the versatility the that you have with Michael yeah. Parsons mm-hmm. because I believe Demarion Overshone brings that versatility that Micah yeah. also had. He's not to the same extent, no. obviously, yeah. but he can do a bunch of the other things outside of rushing, including rushing, that Micah does as yeah, well. Yeah. He's a. He's, you know, he was brought into UT as a, a safety. Mm-hmm. So he's v- good in coverage, got good feet, got good speed. He's going to be, you know, that combo secondary linebacker. He's going to be the chess piece now. Yeah. And I'm all for that. I think the, the Cowboys did, did very good. And they got some really good undrafted guys, too. But we can go into some other. Yeah. Now, the Texans, the one thing they did, because. Taking C.J. Straub was incredible because I feel like that you was needed a no-brainer the, the whole time. I don't know why everyone thought. But, but it also was up. smart by them because by taking C.J. first, mm-hmm. you eliminate the desire to trade up for three. From other teams. Exactly, yeah. especially the Titans. It was a chess game for them, for sure. So them then being able to move up, and a lot of it's being made of the price they paid. I don't have an issue with it. You no. gave up one extra first round pick. I thought that was spectacular move. You only gave up one extra first. It cost two yeah. to move up to get uh, Bryce Young for uh, to move up two extra spaces to yeah. get Bryce Young. No, I was a hundred percent for them trading to get three. That was an incredible chess move. And I don't see a Will Anderson as a defensive end in next year's draft right now. No. Like there isn't that dude. No, there's not. And everybody's talking about him possibly him or Jalen Carter being the number one player in this draft. Period. Mm-hmm. So moving up to gr- to grab that made complete sense. You've got you've got franchise pieces on both sides of the ball now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I love that I love that too. Then uh, trading up for your center Getting Tank Dell as an explosive playmaker, mm-hmm. like down the line, Henry Tuotuo. Mm-hmm. I like the Dylan Horton pick out of TCU. I think he's going to be that edge setting yeah. defensive end for D'Amico Ryan's in the future. Like I loved a lot of the Patterson pick. Mm-hmm. I thought they killed it. And one thing that and not to sleep oh Xavier on him. Hutchinson, yeah, Xavier Hutchinson. I think I think he's going to carve a role for himself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, I, I'm sorry, Nico Collins, but you better he may get have your taken stuff together. Your job. Yeah, you're right. Like he's the he's, he's the a slept big body. Guy. He's very good off the line, very strong, and he can run away from you too mm-hmm. at six two. So, and he was the only guy on that team, and they still managed to get him the ball. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's very good. I I agree. I I agree with you there. But the one thing that draft did, especially when you go CJ Will Anderson two three. Mm-hmm. Best available. Bringing hope mm-hmm. with D'Amico Ryan. All that did was re-institute hope in the franchise. Yeah. A lot of people checked out. Mm-hmm. I was 
kind of on the periphery just paying attention. Yeah. I wasn't checked out, but like I wasn't all yeah. you you've gotten the fan base to buy yourself all the way back in. Yeah, without a doubt. What were the other drafts that you liked? Because I thought Detroit had a really solid yeah, one. Yeah, uh, starting with Denver and Detroit, I liked both of their drafts a lot. De- uh, Denver getting Marvin Mims, Drew Sanders, and then Riley Moss in their I first love three picks. Marvin Mims yeah. and Riley Ross. Those are three really good picks. And the safety, J.L. Skinner from Boise State, I, I had him picked in a lot of mock drafts. And then you go Detroit, very good very good draft. I mean, they probably went five straight, six straight rounds of really good players. Is, Jameer Gibbs. Is Riley Ross the next great white hope? Yeah, I mean, he's going <laughs> to be the only white, white cornerback <laughs> in the league. But Jameer Gibbs, Jack Campbell, who is probably the best linebacker in the draft. It's either him or Drew Sanders. Yeah. Uh, in my opinion. Sam Laporta. Dude, Laporta taking over for Hawkinson after you traded him away. Mm-hmm. Great then, pickup. Uh, Brian Branch, great safety. Hendon Hooker, little QB for the for, to, to sit develop. on the back burner. And then their uh, last of their really good picks, uh, Broderick Martin. Yeah. And then they got Antoine Green. I didn't even realize that mm-hmm. from North Carolina. So, yeah, they, they really killed it. Uh, I think Indianapolis did a, a really good job. They did. They got. It pains me to say it, but they Anthony did. Richardson, Julian Brents or Julius Brents, Josh mm-hmm. Downs. Uh, they they did really well for themselves, and they got a sleeper corner fighting Texas Aggie Jalen yep. Jones way deep in the draft. Yep. So that fifth round, I think. Yeah. So they did very well. The Rams, I think, uh, did excellent in the mm-hmm. draft. Um. Philly obviously did really well in the draft. my God. How do you let them come away with Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith Mm -hmm. and Kylie Ringo? Yeah. And then uh, Seattle definitely did well in the draft. And the Ravens. I think those are the guys, those are the teams that kind of hit it out of the park Mm -hmm. with what they did. I, I think that... Those teams really set themselves up with the drafts that they had to mm-hmm. really, really yeah. continually evolve. And you mentioned Seattle. I talked about them in the first, uh, in the last hour when we we're talking about the Cowboys' mm-hmm. schedule. Like they've got it, they've yeah. got the pieces in place now. I mean, they probably have one of the best secondaries starting this season with Devon Witherspoon and Tyreek Woolen. They it, add in Jigba, which is incredible. <laughs> Derek Hall from Auburn, Charbonnet, who might have been the most slept-on running back Mm -hmm. in this draft. Yeah, very, very good, very good. And then they got Kenny McIntosh, too, from Georgia, who is also a really good back. He is Jack Thompson. I'm James Pledger. This is the Saturday Morning Hangover. NBA playoffs in full effect. We got a Game 7 tomorrow. Who's going to take on playoff Jimmy and the Heat? Plus, we'll take a look at the Western Conference Finals and is Golden State's dynasty over, or at least the dynasty as we know it. That's all coming up next right here on the Saturday Morning Hangover on San Antonio Sports Star, 94.1 FM and ESPNSA.com. This is Rob Thompson, and you are listening to 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star. I hear the drums are going tonight. I promise them to you. Grab your phones. Weezer 
is coming to the Germania Insurance Amphitheater on June 8th up in Austin, Texas. And I've got your tickets to go check them out. Live Na it's all a part of Live Nation's concert week going on through May 16th with 25 tickets to over 3,800 shows nationwide. You can get your tickets at LiveNation.com or you can call right now. Be caller number... What's your favorite number, Jack? 13. Caller number 13 into the Kielbasa Smoke Meets phone line, 656-ESPN-656-3776. You're going to check out Weezer at the Germania Insurance Amphitheater on June 8th as part of Live Nation's Concert Week. And don't go anywhere because if you want to go see Steve Miller Band, we'll be giving those away right before the end of the show, right at about... 1055 so stay tuned if you want to go steve miller but call in caller 13 right now if you want to go see weezer at the germania insurance amphitheater jack we made a lot to talk about the golden state warriors coming off a championship underperforming this year and i need you to buy me some time while i get the phones too yeah <laughs> but what went wrong with golden state and how do they fix it moving forward? Or is this the end of the Golden State Warriors as we know them right now? I mean, I think it is the end of the Golden State Warriors as we know them. I You cannot lean on Clay the same way you could. Draymond is, you know, a very still a very good NBA player, but he's a shadow of what is what he used to be. I mean, just... Not being able to consistently score the ball really helps the or really uh, hurts the team. Rather, he only had one, you know, big game in all of the playoffs where he scored over twenty. So I definitely think the Warriors of old are gone, and I'm not really sure how you fix them. I mean, you look at their roster. There's not a lot to be hopeful for. We haven't seen what Moody or Kaminga could be. We've seen flashes from both, but, I mean, when the going got tough, we didn't see either of them really do a whole lot. I mean, Moody was really efficient in his minutes, and I think that's promising. But with the contracts of Poole, Wiggins, and now, I mean, Clay, I don't know how you go out and fix this without trading, you know, two of those guys and you know getting assets back whether that be serviceable players or picks but I'm not sure this is a team with Steph Curry that's really looking to try and rebuild with a bunch of picks so the answer is really not clear on how you fix this I I mean if you bring Draymond back sure you're going to be good again but are you just putting off the inevitable of just not being able to reach that mountaintop again. I think they're only going to get older and it's just going to get more and more tough for them. I mean, how much longer can we really expect the Warriors to just ride the shoulders of the great Stephen Curry into the t onto the top of the mountain? I'm just not sure that that time will come again. So... It's a very murky, foggy, you know, ocean that these these warriors are trying to, you know, get back to the mountaintop. 
I just don't think that they can do it with what they have anymore, and I'm not sure how they completely revamp the roster within enough time to keep Steph at his peak. What does it say about Steph that we've obviously both seen how much of a toll the injuries have taken on Clay Thompson to where he's kind of a shell of who he was and that he's carrying this team with, as we said, Jordan Poole, there's nothing there. Andrew Wiggins is probably the best secondary piece he has, right? And Draymond Green, he is who he is, but he he's the... Draymond's the glue guy, if we're being honest with ourselves, right? He's the guy that does all the things that don't always necessarily show up in a stat sheet. So what does it say that Steph has kept them as competitive as he has, including winning a title last year with what's really bits and pieces? Like there is no secondary star. They're paying a bunch of guys like stars, but there's no compliment to Steph Curry right now. Yeah, there's really not a compliment to Steph. I mean, what does that say about him though as a player? Like where he ranks. Steph because like all time? Sa- yeah, because we we mentioned in the first hour how Jimmy's kind of alone. Well, Steph Steph's kind of alone too. Steph is the second maybe first greatest point guard of all time. Can't argue with me that I'm at all. Not trying. Yeah, to. no, I don't think if you do you're you're not watching. Like so I think Steph is further cementing himself as, you know, one of the, one of the goats. Greats. Yeah, one of the goats. And but back to the question, I just I there is no clear view of how the Warriors can fix this in enough time with Steph being 35 to get to that mountaintop again. I just don't see really how they can do it without sending like a bunch of players together to get another really good player to match him. So they're they're basically if what I'm garnering is they either blow this thing up and Steph is truly alone or they continue to ride with Steph Clay and Dre and yeah. of course you're stuck and with put it off, and, and you're putting it off. And you're putting it off, but like if Poole gets hot like we saw last season, or if, you know, Steph's got to be otherworldly and carry them, but if a different player can go off each night, they're hanging somewhere in the middle of the Western Conference like they were this year between Mm -hmm. five, four, five, six, seven in that area, and you're hoping Steph just goes MVP Steph and plays out of his mind in the playoffs. Yeah, I just don't think you can ride the shoulders of that man like you used to anymore. I mean, besides LeBron, literally, father time is undefeated. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if Steph can, you know, carry them. I'm not saying that LeBron's won. But I'm not but saying he's, he's not. Def- he's definitely keeping it at arm's length a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But eventually, Father Time will win. Yeah. <laughs> like No one's put has. up a better fight than LeBron has in the history of anything. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs>
I think Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady will give that to Tom Brady. He's right there too. I mean, playing to forty-five. Yeah, <laughs> that was something else. I didn't know that was possible. I didn't either. But yeah, I I really don't know what the future of the Warriors holds, but I know that it is not the Warriors' greatness that we have seen. All right, we got a game seven tomorrow night. Celtics 76ers. Did Philly miss their chance? Yeah. I think they did. Even with how they just recently played in Boston. Yeah. I I, I think they might have missed their chance to close them out. Boston Garden is going to be mayhem. Agreed. I, if um, Tatum can show up to the game before the fourth quarter <laughs> offensively but still keep that you know the defensive that he had in the last game it's going to be tough because they were this Boston team is such a well-rounded put together team between Horford, Rob Williams, Tatum, Jalen White, Smart, Brogdon, Brogdon they've got Eight legit starters on this team. They're as deep as you can ask for yeah. in, the, in a playoff team. So I think they may have missed their shot unless Joel Embiid, and I mean, you're going to need a lot from Harden too, but if Joel Embiid can go out and absolutely dominate and get all the attention and players around him can hit shots like Maxi, Niang, Tobias Harris, then they've got a shot. But I just... I think the Celtics are going to show out. So what I'm hearing is you need at least 30 oh, from, yeah. from Embiid. Yeah, I think you need probably... 17 to 20 plus double-digit assists from Harden and probably, probably 15 to 20 from Maxi. Yeah, you're going to need probably like between those three, 75 points. I can't see Tatum being having, off like that again. Yeah. yeah me which either. is the hardest part about trying to close out this team. Yeah. Like you did what you had to do for three quarters. It would have been better for them if Tatum had started off hot and, and then cool. lost it, but he was super cold and then ignited in the fourth. And that should be scary to them for him going home. Mm-hmm. So I think Boston takes it for sure. So Boston, Boston, Miami, Boston, Miami. We'll start there. Boston. I mean, just on paper, you have to say Boston, but the will of Jimmy Butler is, like we said, something completely different. And you've got team in the bubble to a title or to the finals as well. And you've got Spo, who's a far and away better coach than Joe Mazzula. So slept on. So. I definitely I lean Boston heavy just out of the sheer and utter talent of the team. But I think the Heat get two games. Wow, okay. I don't think it's an easy run through. I don't think it's a sweep or a gentleman sweep. What about on the Western Conference side of things? I kind of think um because the advantage that the Lakers had against the Warriors, they don't, they don't have anymore. It's 
worse. They they are at a disadvantage because yes. the uh, the Nuggets have way more size. They have way more size, and I think they've got more firepower. They do. They absolutely do. I mean, you stick um, Aaron Gordon on LeBron. That's what I'm doing the whole time. Just erase him. Yeah, just stick to him the whole time. Jokic will dominate AD. He's going to work him. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to step up. I mean, they're going to have to have some people really, really step up. I love D'Lo. He's got to carry a lot of weight against the, the Nuggets. He's going to really, really have to be number one pick D'Lo and show out. <laughs> like, he really has to. It's going to fall deeply into his hands. And he's going to have to match Maul Murray bucket for bucket. Because Maul Murray's coming out. Yeah. Like, because D'Lo but don't can, guard. Can he, though? Ball Murray? No. Can, oh, can D'Lo? Can he sustain? Ah, that's a big question. I mean, that's been the biggest thing of his career. He had that one all-star season, but we really haven't seen it besides that. Because I trust Maul Murray to keep it up. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Because they don't have, you know, they don't have a, a uh, guard defender. And I think the ultimate downfall will be the Lakers are a lot of iso ball and try to dominate you with the greatness of LeBron and AD, while the Nuggets are a team. This full team has been together for five five seasons. So I think the Nuggets are going to beat the Lakers and probably win it all. James says the Lakers are going to be the NBA champs, but Jay Glenn says the Nuggets in six, which I think is yeah. probably closer to the real thing. Yeah. Uh, a couple other comments on the no more suffering for the Texans. If CJ ain't that good, uh, use the Browns top 10 pick and get Marvin Harrison Jr. I think he'll be gone by then. Boy's going He's probably. going top five. Yeah. Gonna go one. <laughs> oh God! I told you, Steve Miller Band coming to the Germania Insurance Amphitheater as part of the Live Nation concert week till May 16th. Twenty-five dollar tickets over thirty-eight hundred shows. Go to LiveNation.com. You can win a pair of tickets to see Steve Miller Band July 27th. Right here, right now. We went Jack's favorite number. We're going mine. Caller 5656ESPN6563776. If you want to go check out the Steve Miller Band out of the Germania Insurance Amphitheater. Thanks for tuning in to the Saturday Morning Hangover here on San Antonio Sports Star. Deep into the Himalayas.